Hello everybody and welcome to episode 21 of Words Over Whiskey podcast. I'm your host Henry and joined as always by my wonderful co-host Tom. Hello. How are you? I would apologise in advance if I sound a bit off today. I do have a very bad cold. But other than that, I'm very happy to be here drinking whiskey again. Good. Well, it is rumoured to have medicinal properties, so who knows? Well, just, just drink. Uh, alcohol kills germs, right? So if I drink enough, then my colds will be gone. That's, that's how it works, right? Logic. When, when, when do I get the medical degree? <laughs> yeah, Tom, Tom um, MD, whiskey expert. Right, yeah. right. So imagine walking into a practice and it's just me there, like, stop, prescribe you with this. This gives you a bottle of JD or okay. something. <laughs> okay. That would do it. That would kill anything. Well, something exciting today. So on our Instagram, we put up a poll to see which whiskey we would be having this episode. And the choice was between Nicknean and the Glen Turret. That's the one I couldn't remember the yeah. other one. And it's interesting because this is one of the oldest, well, probably the oldest distillery. Um, I just Scottish, think I realised what's happened. Scottish distillery and one of the youngest. And so it's going to be interesting to see which way we voted. So... The Nicknean one! The Nicknean is what we have there. But... It, it was, was a twist. A, it was a 50-50. It was a 50-50. I knew it. So, we, I decided... I told you, didn't I? The last time I checked, it was 50-50. Yep. So, in a twist, Nicknean was originally ahead. I think it was like by 80-20%. Um, it's a much nicer bottle. It's a very beautiful oh, bottle. Nicknean. Uh, yeah, I'll talk a bit about both of them uh, before we get going. But we had a complete 50-50 split. So, I thought, well... We'll have both because it's really interesting because Glen Turret, it comes from the oldest still running distillery. That's the oldest and that's the newest? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Yeah, so the Glen Turret, their records go back to 1763. And they're... Uh, sort of must be as old as distilleries. They probably have been, but this yeah. is the one that is still running. Uh. Whereas there have probably been possibly older distilleries, but they stopped running and no longer exist. Whereas Nicknean is a brand new distillery they were established in 2017 but their first whiskey didn't come out till 2020 now i picked both of these up when i was in scotland over the summer and i've tried both before but i haven't tried them since the summertime and the nicknean i only had a very tiny portion of and the glen turret same i only had a tiny portion so i can't really remember what they were like but yeah as you said the, 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 let me get the Glen Turret bottle out as well because Glen Turret let, 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 let us compare let yeah. us compare the Glen the, the Neen bottle I well I I put a post up about the company before because I, I was lucky enough to get their first seasonal release um, I think it was like one of 4,500 bottles and I managed to get one. Oh wow and it was not, not this one here but oh. a different one. Oh, actually I do quite like that bottle yeah well, that looks very fancy. That's the sort of thing that you see on like the sideboard in someone's house. Yeah, so like the really, it looks like, you know, those really fancy decanters you can get. It looks like it's already one of those. Now this again. So Nookneen, I absolutely love the company because they are dedicated to sustainability. So their um, their whiskey is an organic whiskey, and they are the first distillery. So do all whiskeys organic? Um, not all of them are made from organic barley. Oh, so. Yeah, so that, hence why they can put the organic on it. Um, the distillery is completely run off renewable energy, and they are the first distillery in Scotland to be completely net zero oh. in their carbon emissions. So, and the the bottle, which as we keep saying, is absolutely beautiful. It is very beautiful. Be this amazing picture of plants. 
on <laughs> around the whole bottle. Yeah, so the, the bottle is completely 100% recycled. Looks absolutely stunning. I will definitely be keeping it once I've uh, finished. I'll probably put... I've seen people put like fairy lights in it or plants in it, and I think, yeah, that would be very nice. Well, would be good. If you fill it up with water and just put the plant on the top, you yeah. just set the roots inside. Yeah, that would be really nice. That would be really nice. Absolutely stone bottle. Um, I'll be putting up pictures of both of these on our Instagram. But, Nookneen, I absolutely love them because of their drive for sustainability and when I've tried the whiskey it was delicious um, oh really does it now. I really enjoyed it and yeah I just I love the company I love what they're doing and it took it took me a year to find this this bottle it was only when I was in Scotland itself I actually I, it, it took me like going through like 10 different shops I was like have you got Nick Neen? they're like oh we just sold out or we're not getting any more stock until like for how many month. days did this come on for I think it's the point where Stockkeeper's like oh it's the Nick Neen guy again he's come no, back no no there's different shops I went to when I was in Scotland and finally I found one when I was in Edinburgh and they only had like two bottles left so I went and I was like I'm getting one of those but yeah the Glen Turret as I said they were established in 1763 so they are still according to records they are the oldest still running distillery in Scotland but the interesting thing about this is, as you said, again, the bottle is absolutely stunning. And that's because in, 20, I think it was 2019, the company were bought by Lalique, who are a glass, a French glass company. So they make oh. really fancy, like, chandeliers, glass sculptures and everything. That'd be why it's such a nicely shaped bottle. Yeah. So when I, so I went, when I was in Scotland, I went to the Glen Turret Distillery. And like, as when we were there, they were, like, making the new bar and everything. It was really annoying because the tour we went on, um, the bar was closed as they were doing some maintenance work. So they set up like a temporary bar in the shop and that's where we got to try some of it. And as soon as our tour had finished, the workman finished in the really nice fancy bar. Oh, no, it's just your luck, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But yes, so that's why... So we 50-50 split on both. So I thought, perfect to try a younger... The youngest and the and oldest. the oldest. I don't know if Nick Neen is still the youngest, but he's certainly one of the youngest. Um, oh, that's really cool. So we got two whiskeys to try today. Yes. And what, what episode is it? This is episode 21. 21? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, two whiskeys for episode 21. This is going to be a thing. Like we get two whiskeys per episode. <gasps> I could get a whiskey and you could get a whiskey. We try both. That'd be very expensive. Very quickly. Yeah, it would be, yes. Right. Which one would you like to try first? The youngest. The youngest. Right. Nick Neen. Go. I'm excited because this has been sat on my shelf. Oh, that smells so good for ages. I'm I like, would smell I'm it, but I, 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 I won't get that effect. Oh, yes, yeah, you've got a cold, haven't you? Yes, the nose test. I, I mean, I'm not much of much help on the nose test anyway, but I'm not going to be even less help today. I'm just like, yes, this smells like whiskey. That's Thank what you, you always much. say. But I, am, I, am I ever wrong? No, but they <laughs> still have their own unique aroma. Aroma. <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> that's really nice and floral to be fair I'm getting that through my mm-hmm. cold actually I I, I I do agree with the floral notes in that heather maybe okay. yeah not that, not, not, not that detailed I'm taking your bird for this a bit of sweetness on the nose as well yeah oh, that's nice that's like a nice a nice smooth whiskey I think this is going to be <laughs> alright taste it so cheers whiskey. Tom cheers Henry thank you very much mm. that was very flavourful that goes down easy. It's got a really nice. That was very smooth, but also very smooth. Quite strong, I want to say. Mm. Sort of. Um, no, I'm kind of. It's started off quite subtle, and then there's like a, a sort of mix of flavors in the middle. Like, like really a drum nice... kit, where you like do a few symbols a little bit, and then you go nuts. 
I wouldn't say it's like a full drunk it in the mouth, but it's very nice sort of a... It builds. Yeah, Nicely, builds. a steady rhythm, I'd say. Not a complete you can crash. You can feel it build as it works its way down your throat. As mm. it goes from the mouth to your, like, where your tonsils are, then down your, your actual throat. You can actually feel the stages. I think that's really cool. Yeah, very... Yeah, the nose and the flavour line up. It's quite florally... Floral taste to it, very smooth. Should be why, why there's flowers on the bottle. Yeah, and um, yeah, they don't do peated whiskey because, of course, it doesn't fit with the idea of sustainability and environmental friendliness. Just me to like whiskey is that overkill kind of <laughs> yeah. the environment? That is really nice. Yeah, apparently, uh, according to like their website, I think they highly recommend having having it with soda to make it into a long drink. So mm. we'll have to um, I have to try that and report back onto it because usually, like. I usually have whiskey neat. That's just the way I like it. But yeah, unless I'm using like some cheaper stuff in cocktails. But yeah, I'll try. I'll try it with some soda and let you know. But whiskey or, soda, whiskey soda. The drink. Yeah, in like the fifties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they had the like soda dispensers at the side of the room. Yeah, by their uh, with their whiskey decanter. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, man, that is. That's the thing. It's really nice because I've only got the one bottle. I'm going to be... And it was really hard to get. Yeah, very, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be scarce with it. But let, I'm going to pop that to the side for the moment whilst I open up the Glentar. Something interesting about both of these is the cork stops for both are absolutely stunning. They oh. both have really nice logos. That one's like laser engraved on. Yeah, and that's a really nice. But that's like a, like a print, Yeah, the stamp. Yeah, they both have really nice... Um, Corks. Oh, make, make, make a nice cork sound with that one, Henry. Okay, all right. Oh, 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 yes, my other one, please. Hey, that was a good cork sound. Oh, that smells good, like really deep and rich. Oh, thank you very much, that's generous. The problem is they've got very, um, they're, yeah, not, they're, they're not exactly the easiest to pour. They're not. They've got these very, like, high lips like, on the bottle, top of the bottle, the neck of the bottle. Yeah. The high neck, that's what I'm trying to say. Not that I can understand me through this illness. Or at least you're not hung over this time. We had to delay the episode, didn't we? I can. I. I. I no comment. <laughs> Ooh, that's diff- that's different. Ooh. It's um, it's like vanillary, treacle. Lovely though. Definitely deeper. Though. Definitely deeper. richer. It's darker as well. Like you compare the two. Oh yeah. The the McNeen's much more richer, more amber color. Yeah, whereas the McNeen's kind of a sort of more lighter, lighter yellowy, lighter gold color. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. You're welcome. <laughs> mm, that, yeah. But both smell fantastic, but you kind of get the sense that the Glentari kind of has a deep richness to it, and the Nugneen is a very nice light floral. But time for the important: does it taste good? This is true. Let's find out. That's smoother. You think so? Yeah, I think that's smoother. I think they're both very smooth. They're both very smooth, but I think the Glentari is much more. I would say more traditionally riskier. Like, when I think, what does whiskey taste like? It's closer to Glen Turret than to Glen It has that sort of more, I'd, I'd say the oakiness. Yes, that's what I'm going for. It's it is Glen Turret triple wood. So that would make well, sense. That would make, yeah, it would be Why one would how I would expect the taste of wood. Oaky. Mm, nice. Yeah, very not sort of um, vanilla-y, treacly on the nose, but a really nice, smooth, um, oaky, oakiness. Particularly, it really lingers on the tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm very happy with both of those and it's really cool that we get to t- sort of try them side by side that is yeah I think they're both delicious I think I'm leaning more towards the Glen Turret 
Interesting. The Glen Torrent, like, it, 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 like the taste has reminded me of like wood panelling, like those bookshelves for those really old books, like a great big desk. So some, you, you're just picturing yourself in a grand library yeah. with a comfy leather chair yeah. in front of a, a fireplace fire. with a bottle of this. Whereas the Nook Mead, I'm thinking like fields of like fancy wildflowers and like um, just, just the outdoors, basically. But, you know, me and the outdoors don't get on very well. <laughs> I'm going to add a bit of water to each of them. That would well. Add a bit of water to each of them and sort of see how it Thanks cha- changes the dynamic. Mm. Yeah, definitely within the knee, it just accentuates that floral character- characteristic. But Well, I think these are both two. Which is stronger for you, Henry? I think you're leaning towards the knee. I don't know, actually. It's, no, that's the thing. They're both. You have to commit. No, you have to I commit. Can't. Commit. I don't know. I can't. I love both of them. <laughs> <laughs> they're my. They're my bottles anyway. <laughs> Just hugs them close. No, no, no. <laughs> I love you both. That asks you to choose between your children, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> both are very, very happy with those purchases for both because each well like you said both bottles are absolutely stunning i love the i love the history of the glen turret like when i was at the distillery learning about that was so cool and really interesting um oh, they even have bottles there signed by like uh um celebrities Prin- yeah prince william and oh. uh, kate middleton and then andy murray as well they're, and they're like in the entrance hall they're kept in a case and everything yeah and they're being saved for like future charity auctions and everything oh, which is really cool that's really cool and yeah would you drink that though like you've sort of just on display no, it, it's, i imagine stuff like that it, it is literally a collector's an item yeah. it's an investment or a collector's item it just makes me kind of sad like i drink i sorry i buy alcohol to drink i don't drink it to buy it <laughs> that, that's the thing like you when I've seen really expensive bottles before when I've gone to whiskey shops and there's like a bottle there for like 60,000 I'm thinking who would buy this yeah it, it's like it's ridiculous but then invest you, in a company or something Jesus that's the thing you you have those whiskies that sell for hundreds of thousands if not millions of pounds and then I was like if I could buy those I would kind of just want to drink it just to yeah. say that I've drunk oh I've drunk you, a million you'd want to know pounds. what it tastes like wouldn't you yeah. like what does a million pounds taste like yeah. they'd be really disappointed if you open it and you're like that tastes like Jack Daniels yeah. <laughs> <gasps> we used to get the bottle and fill it with Jack Daniels and be like oh so like, yeah a million pounds please well, that's like um, in How I Met Your Mother, they keep on... They, they buy, I've not seen this episode, but you told me before, they keep buying the whiskey. They keep buying the whiskey and they keep dropping it. And then in the end, they're just like mixing random stuff together to make it, it look like the whiskey. Color. And then they're all trying it and they're just all describing it in stupid detail like we do. But then like none of them, they're just like, yeah, can you really tell the difference? And they're like, no. And they're like, and they're like well, it's not even whiskey anyway. And they're like, ah, fair. And they just chuck it away and go get beers. <laughs> Right. All right, Tom, are you ready for a bit of whiskey trivia? Yes, I, I thought we already had lots of whiskey trivia. I've got more. Oh, yes, this is the... Well, that's just the extra flavour text. The bonus no, whiskey, the, whiskey trivia. The main bit. Right. Guess how many bottles of whiskey are exported from Scotland every second? Every second? Every second. How many bottles do you think are exported? A thousand. A bit high. A bit high? Yeah, quite a bit high. Oh, um, ten? Higher. 100. No, close to the middle. 50. 42 bottles. Approximately 42 bottles of whiskey are exported from Scotland every second. Every second? Yes. Whiskey's popular. Yes, it is. 
How much of those 42 bottles do you think are Johnny Walker? Fair amount. Like no, 20? Like well, it's like when we watched the documentary. Yeah, he's all over the world. Yeah. He walks very far, that guy. <laughs> the documentary literally was called A Walk Around the World or something. Uh, the Man Who Walked the Around the world. world. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'd, I'd say like a good half of that's probably Johnny Walker. Because I, I don't think you see people in, say, uh, the Middle I doubt East. half is Johnny Walker. Well... There are, Johnny Walker is literally just one of many blend, blends of whiskey. There are thousands well, out there. How many, apart from, like, of oh, Bell's. Yeah. Oh, Bell's would be a lot of those, actually. Yeah. And then you've got other really... Well, you've got popular singer mobs like Glymphidic, Dalmore. Yeah. Everything. There's just... I mean, so, I've not seen the Dalmore anywhere. Oh, no, I've seen Dalmore at uh, our local, actually. Have you? Pretty certain I saw on the shelf there. Downwards. I don't think it's been there recently. I just Otherwise, assumed. I'd be, I'd be straight down there because Downwards is delicious. Let's assume a certain someone had drank it like he drank the <laughs> other bottles. Well, we've we've been going on for about, oh, blimey, almost 20 minutes about just whiskey. Just whiskey. So, oh, now here is something very interesting ooh, about a whiskey. book. Or books. Connecting to something else. Right, my, the very first book I read this year was um, Project Possible by Nims Persia, who's an ex-Gurkha and Special Forces soldier. And on Netflix, they yeah. recently... So the book was about him climbing the 14 highest peaks in the world. Yeah. And Netflix have just released a documentary about it called 14 Peaks. And it, I strongly encourage anyone listening to go watch it because it is absolutely fantastic. Because not only is just the sheer scale of what he did amazing and the documentary is so well put together the cinematography as well how they got some of the shots particularly like some of the landscape shots I'm thinking helicopters probably or drones but they're, yes. they're, they it looks absolutely stunning and it's just so cool that at the start of the year I read the book and now at the, the end, end of the year, year they put they out, the, put documentary. out the documentary it's oh, that's quite yeah yeah it's a nice little tie back to the earlier episode and having read the book earlier in the year. So I, I haven't finished the documentary, I think, because I've been busy with work, but about halfway through it, it's, it's really interesting, really, really worth a watch. Like, anyone who's interested in climbing, even if you just like documentaries, or I highly re- recommend it. You've been recommending this to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> you really like it, this documentary. Henry really likes this documentary. If you like documentaries, give it a watch. But yeah, last episode, we talked about Dune. Ah. And I was about halfway through the book at the point. Yep. And I hadn't yet seen the film. I read the book about ten years ago, and I and I had seen. And I think had, I saw the. I had seen, seen the, the film. film. You'd seen the film when we actually no, it couldn't. Have, it was it even out then. Cause I don't the, think it was. No, but it I've seen the film now, and I read the book ten years ago, and you finished the book, and you've seen the film, I believe. Yep. So we can finally talk about it. Yes. So. Starting with spoiler-free discussion. Spoiler-free discussion. My God, the visuals. Absolutely, absolutely stunning. stunning. It looked amazing, like everything from the like details on the spaceships and how they move to like the the, the what landscapes. Did you say earlier the landscapes? Absolutely amazing. I really think you won't get the same experience watching this film at home as you would in the cinema. No. I think the same of every, every other film that I've seen. This guy, Dennis Vell, help me out here. What's his surname? I can't say it. Which which the uh, director. Oh, I, I don't know. I have no clue. Dennis Villeneuve. I'm going to look it up. But the director, he also did Blade Runner. Um, oh, did he? Yeah. yeah. Which one? 2049? The, the new one. Yeah, the new 2049. 
Dennis Villeneuve. That's what I'm going with. If I apologize to Dennis Villeneuve if I've got his name wrong, <laughs> I, 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 I've got a cold. I'm going to blame it on that. <laughs> anyway, I, I've only ever seen Blade Runner. Only ever film of his I've seen. He did Blade Runner 2042 or whatever it is. And uh, no, I've seen you're, a, you're, you're thinking of Battlefield 2042. I am, aren't I? <laughs> but, but he made the what's the Blade Runner film he made? Is it, is it, Sorry, a bit of research. themselves. Not his most best known films. Filmography. Come on, help me out here. 2049, you're quite right. Uh, he made that film, and I, I, the same with that film as with June. You don't get the same experience watching it at home as you do in the cinema. That cinema surround sound... Yeah, particularly with the music as well, because it's hands in Yeah, the music is amazing for June. And just the sound of the explosions, the fights, the ships, the, you know, the, the locations, it's just so much more very loud, but also more visceral, more... Uh, impactful in the cinema than at home mm. like um, I work in a cinema and I'm sitting in my office and I, I could feel the room shaking and I sat, uh, there's a sound of thunder in the distance I'm like what's going on and I look at the CCTV camera and it's, the, and it's, and it's June and I'm like oh I can, it's just this film someone forgot to turn it down <laughs> it's quite possible it's very possible someone forgot to turn it down but it, it is just an amazing film. Yeah. Uh, I think someone said, I don't know who, I just heard it in passing. Maybe it was just one of our friends, but I, I think someone in the film industry said that June is the most impossible film to make. Oh, I think a lot of people in the industry, because I think they've made the original. I think there's just so many complex things within the book itself. Yes. That people struggle to turn it into a film. Well, I think Dennis Villeneuve, or whatever his name is, has nailed it it was it was really good yeah like going back to what you said about the visuals at, like just it just looks stunning um i really love the ship designs mm. the ships look so cool and really signed like really awesome like sci-fi if you love designs. star wars you'll love this like i say it's quite similar in ships design i think they've said that june is going to be the next star wars franchise. well that's the thing it, ironically well June was written like 10 years before Star Wars came out. Yeah, it is ironic. I think did June inspire Star Wars? Quite possibly. Because yeah. June is set on a desert planet and mm. Tatooine is very deserty. Yeah. But this is one thing I found with the visual. The costume design is freaking awesome. Yes, it it's is. Abso- whoever was the costume, the costume design department for that film absolutely nailed it. Yes, they did. The, like the armor and everything, and just the clothes they wear, particularly like the the Harkonnens looked like this perfectly evil. Yeah, and the same with the Sarukdu or Sarukdar. Saldakar. They they looked kind of like quite menacing, menacing, but like really badass at the same time. And efficient. I thought their uniforms were more efficient than stylized. They had no heraldry or anything on there. They were just practical suits yeah like the the treaties like they're kind of like treaties treaties uh they're like sort of slightly more blocky medieval armor but it looked really cool as well yeah and the fremen their designs with like the still suits and the robes and everything it, it was really really good it's very fit visually stunning um yeah the, the music is it's Hans Zimmer he's around yeah. he's very <laughs> very very <laughs> that's loud. just that's yeah. just the director though all his films just like <laughs> yeah um, remember Blade Runner 2049 was just like that like it'd just be like a perfectly ordinary sort of the shitty you're just like oh my god what is that sound what's that noise <laughs> all the bass <laughs> yeah like uh. I think if you haven't read the, the books 
going into the film, you need it's not a complete story. It is well, not only that, but there are certain key elements of the world that I don't think they explain properly in the film. No, like, which I, we can go into in the spoilers. Discussion. True, but for now, I, I watched it with someone who hasn't seen, hasn't read the book, and there are bits where he just keep nudging me and be like, "Why is this? Why don't they just do this?" Because they hadn't explained why things are being done the way they were being done. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, it for me, definitely having read the book beforehand really helped me. But didn't you find that because you read the book, it took a lot of the excitement of what was going to happen? Yeah, away. I think it's well, it's because I I knew what was coming. But it's well, it's it's like the same with like if you'd read Harry Potter before the films, you know exactly what's going to happen. Well, this is true. But you can still really enjoy the film, and I still really enjoyed this film. It was an amazing adaptation. Yeah, it was great, and I'm really looking forward to when the next one comes out. Um, I think they're even like saying if the next one is successful, they're going to do the other books like Dune Messiah as well. Because, yeah, if they continue. I've never read those. Neither have I. Well, it took me took me about a month to read Dune. Yeah, Dune the book is very chunky. It's very long. The first 150 pages of a slog. took me a slog. They're a slog. They, like, although I do recommend reading the book if you've got the time and the patience and the energy, because it will help you watching the film, I think it is sort of an acquired taste yeah it's got it introduces quite a lot of strange concepts and there are certain things where you're like it doesn't it kind of they kind of try to explain it, but then there's certain bits where I, there was a there was a part where I was, at the end I was reading an appendix about the ecology of the world and that helped make me understand certain parts more and I was like if they if he if Frank Herbert had somehow written this into the narrative it would have helped me understand it much more during the reading of it rather than right at the end where I'm reading the appendix and then I'm like ah okay now that slightly makes more sense and there are just other things that I'm like compared to other sci-fi things I'm like hang on I'm a bit confused if if they're doing this now how did they how come they could could do this thing before I'll go into it in the spoilers but yeah there are just a few odd concepts and things it takes a bit of time to get your head around and um I think but no, the film film was really good. Acting was really good. Yes. Um, I was quite impressed with... Um, what's the pretty boy's name? What, uh, Timothy Chalamet. He was quite a good actor. He was very good. Yeah. I right. thought he was quite good. It's like every other film seems to have him, him in. It's either, yeah. uh, it's either him or it's um, Kevin Hart and The Rock. <laughs> yeah. It's just star power, isn't it? But no, I thought he acted quite well. Mm. Mm. Talking of star power, it's funny because of course Zendaya's in it. And she was huge... In the marketing, so much. But some are we going to get into the spoiler point discussing now? Okay, all right. Uh, so we should specify yes, that soon. We're we? going to go over into the spoilers now. Uh, so yeah, so Zendaya, <laughs> she's hugely used in the marketing, and then she's in it for about seven and a half minutes, <laughs> <laughs> like under the armors in uh, No Time to Die. Yes, yeah. Although I think that's uh, even less than seven minutes. Yeah, although Anna Armas, I feel like, made a bigger impact in that film than. Uh, than today, than and this is true. This is she's very literally true. just in some flashbacks or dream sequences, and then she's in it for like five minutes. She was barely in it, but then they really expanded like other characters, particularly uh, Jason Momoa as um, Duncan Idaho. They expanded his character, which yeah. I think was actually good. Because I actually really... Got confused with him in the book. Not confused. No, 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 no. Uh, I actually really enjoyed his part in the film. Yeah. But, yeah, the, his, his fight scene is literally two sentences long. 
in the book, whereas they really dragged it out in the film. I'm not gonna lie, it was completely it was really badass in the film. Yes, it but was. They, they dragged out his part for just for the star power. I'm not I'm not complaining because I enjoyed that scene, but it's like having read the book and comparing it to the film, you know they were like milking. We can't just get we can't, we can't, you, you can't just, just kill off um, uh, Jason Momoa like that. Yeah, well they did. <laughs> yes, but they made it more epic. Yes, but but it was interesting they got. Joss Brolin in as well as one of the other characters. He's actually barely in it. He is surprisingly like his character is much more expanded in the book. Yes, like, I was quite surprised that he uh, wasn't wasn't yeah. used as much. He's, he's in very few scenes. And then there's um, I can't remember the actor's name, but he plays Thurfin Hawat, the older guy. Oh, the spy. He's he's very underused. The spy isn't he like a spy? The, the men's hat. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Of course he is. Yeah. He's a spy. Yeah, he's he he again. He's barely in it. That's the thing. Having the mentant, they don't even explain it in the film. I can't even remember what they do. Or, or literally, the only way you tell they're different is because their eyes kind of white over. And they got like a tattoo on their yeah. lower lip. And that's literally the only thing that defines them is slightly different. I don't think they even call them a mentant in the film. I they don't. don't. They don't. It's not even mentioned. But yeah, there are certain. There are so many aspects to it. Like, like with particular, like you were saying earlier, I'm guessing when someone nudged you and said, "I, why aren't, why did they do this?" I'm guessing you're referring to why are they using swords when they could be using guns? guns. Exactly, and that's because, as explained in the book, they've got personal shields, so anything traveling very fast won't get through the shield. So you need something much slower, like a sword, in order to actually hurt someone. Which they do very briefly cover in the film. It's literally well, a couple well, of they, sentences. They never say it. I don't think they, think they just show you. Like I think I think someone like throws something at someone and it's bounced off the ship and then they stab someone and it gets through. Yeah. And like I, I think, I it's, think in, it's in the training scene between yeah um, Gurney Halleck and Paul Atreides. Yeah, and he's like saying they're like fighting with their shields active and everything, but he's saying like if it's the, it's the slow blade that makes its way through the shield. And that's literally all the real explanation they get, but they don't. Yeah. They don't explain. They, they they should say in the film a bullet will not penetrate this. Because well, I think not, it's not even bullets; it's like laser guns, isn't it? Laser guns, or yeah. Laser guns, as they refer to them. Yeah, I think the modern reader is going to think the more the modern reader is going to assume a bullet will get through, and as you specifically say, a bullet will not get through this. A modern consumer will assume a bullet will get through it. Now, here, here's the bit I was referring to when I was saying there are certain aspects of it that kind of don't fully make sense to me, particularly from the book. It's mostly the space travel that I right. find really confusing because so the whole premise is that the planet of Dune is where they have the spice which is basically this drug that helps navigate in space navigate in space and the only people who control it are the guild yes and then you've got this whole empire which is kind of collapsing in on itself yes um, but it's like how on earth did they establish space travel and everything before they found this spice. It's just like, they. how have they managed to do so much more? There's travels? a lot of prequel books that explain all this, Henry. If you want to know, there's um, like a, a dozen prequel I'm books. I'm not sure I can be bothered. It's just, it's just like, it's, it's just like, there's only this one planet where this spice comes from. And then it just makes no sense. If this is the only place, what, why have they got a conglomerate like the guild who control it not even the, the head of the empire control it they have to go through the guild and then 
it's just like why why doesn't the emperor emperor himself just take control of the planet and be like okay i'm gonna control the spice i think what you're struggling with is not the space travel or the spice but the politics i think you'd benefit from some youtube document um summaries yeah but that's the thing i don't want to have i have to have really have loved something to really want to delve into understanding something more. I, I did enjoy June and everything but I don't want to be coming out a bit confused as to oh, like uh, oh, great now I've got to go somewhere else to understand the story <laughs> I should have enjoyed this was great but what the fuck happened yeah it's like with, with a game or a series I love I will happily go and explore it so much more I freaking love that I want to learn more about it I don't like wanna... um, Horizon Zero Dawn had that effect for you yeah yeah, it's just I, I I loved the main story so much. I went and did like almost all the side quests to experience the world so much more and finding all the different audio logs because I enjoyed it so much. It wasn't like I don't get what happens now. I've got to watch an hour's YouTube summary. YouTube summary. And yeah, it's just, yeah. I think like said, it's the politics. It's just like. Well, why have you got this group who are in charge of Do you prefer, it? like, the Star Wars style, where it's like, oh, these are the good guys. These are the bad guys. We've got to kill the bad guys. We're, We're no, going to use I, the Force. No, the Force is magic. No, I don't... I don't mind there being, like... Complexity. Complexity. Well, it's like Game of Thrones. That's a lot to do with politics and everything. I actually thought, and I'm not trying to make myself sound clever, but I, when, when someone said to me, Game of Thrones is all about politics, I was expecting politics to be a bit more complicated i wasn't better to be like i'm gonna backstab you it's the fact they introduce all these complex things in the universe but me as the reader i'm like there are certain aspects that i think could could have been solved so much easier it's like the, the you've got this empire but it's collapsing because they're in debt to the guild who controls space travel it's like why doesn't why why have you you've, you've only got this one planet where you can extract the mineral you need for space travel why is the empire not in control? And you, but then you're like, oh, it's the politics and everything. But then the empire are literally like, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna give the planet to someone. Would you else. like me to try and summarize it for you? If you want. <laughs> Basically, the uh, the empire, as you call it, spans hundreds of planets. Like one organization is really going to struggle to control hundreds of planets, millions of billions of light years apart. So most of the planets are controlled by noble houses, like the Atreides or the Harkonnens. They're just two of many. However, as you say, the empire is crumbling. This is because the houses are, you know, quite rebellious. They're quite, I don't know what the word is. They've got lots in, of, infighting. There's lots of infighting. There's lots of dissent. Yes. So if the emperor so, said... So there are multiple houses and they literally reference two or three. Yes. The they're, they're, in the, even in the book that they say any others. But... Um, if the Empire said, right, we're going to take complete control of the Spice and have a monopoly on all space travel, then they risk open rebellion from the houses. So I think if the Emperor controlled everything valuable, they were, they might, he risked a rebellion. So I think, this is my opinion, anyone who knows more about June Law, please contact us on our Instagram. <laughs> Prove me wrong. I, I, I won't moan, I promise. Um... I think if he t- if he controls it, there will be rebellion. Thank you very much, Henry. So I think he gives it to the Harkonnens because no one likes the Harkonnens. Everyone's already wanted to infighting with them anyway. There won't be open insurrection. Also, the Harkonnens will control it. They're never going to share it with anyone. They're too greedy. But then he goes and gives it to the Atreides, and that then starts a shadow war. Well, deliberately. It's, it's, I think it's explained yeah, better yeah, in the, the book. That, 
that bit I understood that the Empire did it deliberately so the Atreides and the Harkonnens would be fight in fighting. Yeah, to weaken the house so they can't rebel against the Emperor. Okay. I've, no, I think you actually did a pretty good summary there. I think help me understand that okay grant yeah they don't have the monopoly I you think give it to someone else who control it but they can't go the other factions can't go fighting them otherwise it's going to it's a common them. principle of modern political systems that you don't concentrate too much power in one place because that's what leads to dictatorships mm. so especially in, in this case if one person controlled everything financial then, ev- then everyone yeah, would it's like well communism isn't it and then we saw that crumbles exactly uh, I think your problem here Henry is you've been trying too hard to focus on everything and you've missed some of the bigger stuff if that makes sense well I think it's just <laughs> the June itself in, I think it is a vastly complex book and it's yes it's it literally is. it's like you're trying to like, but you seem to have understood the politics a lot better than I did. But there is so much more to try and wrap your head around as well. There's the ecology, there's the cultures, there's yep. the the factions, there's the war going on, there's the whole religious, mystical element. There's just there's almost too much in it. I think. Would you agree that there's just so many things in it, and that's I think it's enjoyable. But I think maybe that's why I didn't see the political aspect as well as you, is that I was maybe more focused on other parts. And it's I agree, it's incredibly so complex. Many. I've read more complex books. Do you remember, we keep bringing this up, Call to the Air by Stephen mm-hmm. Hunt? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I, yeah, I heard you muttering there. I think that has way too much going on. Yeah. That is the good example of trying to do too much at once. Mm. I think June, I, I, I don't think it does too much. I, do, I just think the delivery... The execution could be better. Yeah, yeah. I think Frank Herbert, I, I think he has his own style. I think it's not simple. It's not clear cut. It's not modern. It's not, maybe not what you're used to. Yeah. It's very, I wouldn't say unique, but it's definitely unique for the time. I would just say different yeah. out there. Um, so that, that's why I say it's been a very acquired taste. That's why I say it's quite a, a slog to read. Because you sort of have to learn how to read again to understand this book, if that makes sense. Not learn how to read literally, like it is legible. Yeah. It's kind of putting the pieces together and yeah. understanding the world. It's kind of almost like a jigsaw in a way. Yeah, I, I really like that in books. Yeah. I think that's quite cool. Uh, I don't like hidden meanings and metaphors. <laughs> like, oh yeah, this whole book's been a metaphor for social injustice. It's like, oh great, now I don't feel immersed anymore. Like you see, you couldn't hang a sign that saying it's not real. Obviously, I know it's not real, but you know what? You get what I mean. It was like, did you ever have to do of mice and men at GCSE? And they were like, what no, I was a top set, so I could add that. Oh, well, lucky you. Oh yes. <laughs> were you doing to kill a mockingbird? I was, yeah, of course. <laughs> well, at least that doesn't even try and hide. Like, at least that one is this honest. Like, yeah, we are talking about racism. I'm like, thank you. I get that. <laughs> it's like, can, can thank you for being honest. You have to in the exam. You have to highlight she was wearing a red dress, and red signifies danger. And it's like. Ugh. Or maybe she just fancied wearing a red dress that yeah, day. Yeah, <laughs> like I imagine the authors of these books are just like, why, why you? I, I didn't mean for this to happen. She just, I just thought a red would be called a cool dress. <laughs> Going on a slight tangent, I can't remember who the artist was, but he, I think it was like a very famous artist, and he basically just painted a canvas black. But there was like a red splodge on it, and then loads of art critics and everything had examined it, and they were talking about what it meant and everything, all the things. And one day he, he like he came to the exhibit where it was being shown. Uh, they got him and they brought him aside. Like, can you explain to us like what this uh, 
this red, peace means. what this peace means and the red splodge and everything. Like, why, why is it darkness? And, then this, and apparently he just kind of like looked at it, like squinted at the red splodge. He was like, huh. Yeah, I didn't even know that was there. <laughs> That's a mistake. <laughs> yeah, so I do think like some people pay too much attention and forget to appreciate what it is. Like, I like to appreciate stories for stories. But or paintings for paintings. Like, oh, that is that is well painted, yes. <laughs> you, you, you're saying you're basically... You, you I'm basic, I'm basic. <laughs> you're not deep. You're... I wouldn't say I'm shallow. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm just adding in. Well, this is the Attack Tom episode or something. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think the combination of the book and the film is fantastic. I don't think the book will go down as one of my top books, but I am glad I read it. And I think having read it, it really helped enhance the film for me. Although, granted, the film was fantastic. Yes. I think it just added that extra layer to it for me. And by the time the next one comes out, you'd have forgotten most of the book and might actually be surprised by <laughs> what happens. Yeah, I imagine so. Quite well, it would be probably about 2023 before it's out. Well, we covered quite a lot of June. <laughs> <laughs> What, what else have you been reading, Tom? I haven't done much reading. I've fallen off the reading oh. bandwagon, but I did read... You've been reading... The Wheel of Time. The yes. Making Progress. I finished the second book now. The second book And this was kind of just in time for the... Re- the Great Hunt. It's The Great Hunt. I, oh, by Robert Jordan, obviously. Uh, it's just in time for the TV show that came out on Netflix on November the 19th. So the same day as the Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remix. <laughs> So a couple of weeks ago from the time we're recording this episode. Correct. I only managed to watch the first episode though. Yeah, because I think they released the first three, three straight away. Now it's and then it's a weekly release every Friday, so that people can binge watch some of it if they want to. Yeah. So they, they can wait a week and binge watch four episodes. And it's like it's pretty standard, I think, for TV shows to do that sort of thing. Mm. So what? So as someone who's not read the books. What did you think of the episode? So I, Spoiler free, what did you think? So I went in cold. I haven't read the books because Tom showed me the first book. I was like, that's a f- fat book. It's, lo- it's shorter than June, for the record. <laughs> and much less of a slog, actually. It was much easier to quite read. Possibly. It was quite, it was very enjoyable, actually. I do recommend giving it a try. Um, actually, I don't recommend giving it a try now that you've seen the TV show. <laughs> that, that's ruined it for you. Anyway, keep going. I, having, going in completely blind, I really enjoyed it. That mm-hmm. first episode, it kind of, it, it kind of sets up the hero's journey in a way it is well but it puts it with a twist there are twists and it does set up the hero's journey you're right in a very it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a typical quest story if I'm honest but we've got to remember is this is one of the first quest stories like if you're sick of quests this is not someone just doing a cliche this made the cliche <laughs> this is like one of the original and most popular fantasy series of all time don't just dismiss it because I mean, it's the same sort of thing because everything else was copying this although this was copying Lord of the Rings so from sort of the, the first ep- or at least the first few episodes that I've watched I really like what they're setting up I also like the cast because they're, they have well they've got like Rosamund Pike and a couple of other famous actors who I recognise but the the sort of the main the main cast are actually actors and actresses I've never seen before I've never seen before and I actually really like that it's like ooh we get to see some new talent and they have a few experienced veteran actors in to there support them. to support them but it's really cool to see some new faces and yeah I'm, I'm, I'm liking where it's going the first it was a bit darker than I thought it was going to be I thought it would be I for think- the record the I've already seen the first episode of the TV show 
but it's actually darker than the book. Oh, fair enough. I would say it's much darker. Interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. Spoiler free. It's uh, it's enjoyable, and I will definitely keep on watching it among the multitude of other things I've got to <laughs> watch, uh, read, and play. <laughs> I, what about you? Spoiler, spoiler free. Spoiler free. I was surprised by the deviations from the books. But I've only read the first two books. So maybe some of the stuff that happens to the characters in the later books, they've brought massively forward. I don't know. But based purely on the first two books, there were some massive deviations. And I was quite shocked by this. I mean, I mean obviously the, ov- the obvious deviations of uh, character race. Like, you have characters with darker skin than the books, and I, I get that, that's fine. Um, it doesn't bother me. But there were, uh, like, specific story events. I was like, where did this come from? <laughs> uh, so it was a little bit jarring. It wasn't what I expected at all. It kind of felt like they needed to give characters more motivation to do things. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we need a reason for this character to do what he ends up doing. We've got to make this happen, or got to give an extra reason for this character to do all this, to go on this quest. And I just sort of felt that the book didn't feel the need to do this. The book just explains, oh, they're all going to do it for this reason. And I felt that worked. Mm. And that one, that made sense. I don't know. Although it was very cinema, cinemographic. Is that Cin- a, cinematop- cinematic. Cinematic. It was very cinematic. It was a really exciting episode. Can't fault the uh, filmmaking or the acting or the special effects at all. It was just quite strange to see these events happen like, oh... Okay. It's all different from how you'd seen it in the book, and it yeah, kind of, you you'd had you had your sort of expectations, and it slightly skewed them. Exactly, exactly. Whereas June was a very, very faithful adaptation of the book, mm-hmm. like almost word for word in some scenes. Actually, yeah. Wheel of Time has been massively changed for the screen. However, there were other things about the Wheel of Time TV show that were different from the book that I've really enjoyed. There were some bits that were skipped in the book or was happened off camera, if you like, from the, from the book mm. that you got to see in the show. And I was like, that is awesome. I can't complain. I mean, it's only one episode in, so you can kind of, yeah, as, as it goes along, we'll probably revisit it. I, I've looked at the blurb for some of the future episodes and was like, oh, oh, this seems very different from the book. I'm very conscious about giving... I'm only two books into this 14-book series or something. I'm very conscious. Yeah, I'm very conscious about giving myself spoilers. So, although I enjoyed it, it might be a while before I continue it. Maybe I'll wait until the series is all released. Isn't it? You said it's going up to... It's covering the first three books. I read that somewhere, yeah. So maybe I'll finish the third book and hopefully there won't be anything else in there. Yeah. That's to spoil me, but we'll see. Yeah, as someone who's... Like I said, I've gone in blind and... It's just, I, I think, certainly they put quite a bit of marketing behind it, but I liked the look of it. And you said you were reading the books, and so I'll, I'll check it out. I'm, I'm certainly enjoying it so far, and I will definitely keep going. Spoilers? <laughs> yeah, spoilers. Any spoiler things you want to discuss? Well, I, yeah, so the main... I, I like how it kind of takes the hero's journey, and it twists it, because it's not... You haven't got the chosen one who's going on their epic quest. It's actually, yeah, there's four of you. We don't know which one of you is kind of the chosen, chosen one. one. It's because um, one of you. We don't know which of you it is. We don't know which one of it is you. And then they keep on showing different aspects of them that you're like, oh, is that making them, the, are they the chosen one because they did that? Or are they the chosen one because they've got this ability or that ability or they've done, they found this cool thing. And you're like, it, I like how it puts that twist on it. And there's more subversions. The uh, wizard who's leading them on the quest 
is subverted because A, they're a woman, and B, you don't know if you can trust them. Gandalf, you 100% can put your faith in him and he will lead you through okay. But you don't know if you can trust Moiraine. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, I like it also. It's kind of cool, cool aspect. That, um, well, it's not that magic is exclusive to women, but it's like... Um, men can't use it at the moment. Very, very rarely can men use it. I think that's, that, and I think it, that's uh, a really cool... And if way. they do use it, they go mad. Yeah. It's, I think that's a cool twist as well. Yeah, I really like that. Visually, I think it's really cool. I kind of... Um, Quite, quite like the um, special the, effects of the special magic. Effects are, yeah, special effects and magic. Some of the, cre- the creatures look cool mm. and something quite creepy as well. Yeah, I, I like the sort of the main four uh, characters because they're, yeah, I don't recognise any of the actors or actresses. But they're doing a very good job. Yeah, doing a good job and really interested to see how uh, it progresses throughout the series. Yeah, it, it has kind of like set up that typical hero journey but with that twist and... Yeah, and there's 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 a good like the cast and everything. Like I said, it's cool that you've got a mix of veteran actors and other actors who you don't recognise. Um, unfortunately, apart from Rosamund Pike, I'm blanking on names. But I'm really intrigued to see how the rest of it goes. How's it? How's it for you? How was that first episode? So you you can delve a bit more into spoilers with it because of the book and the well. Show. I'll tell you some of the um, differences between the book and the show after the podcast because I just don't think we've got time to go into it here. But there was so much different. Give give us like a couple of examples. A couple of examples. Rand is a viewpoint character in the books, but uh, and so all four of them are to be fair. But Rand is have more of a focus. Mm. Uh, because he is the quintessential yeah, white gonna, protagonist. Yeah, I was going to say, I got the impression that he was quite central. Yeah, and a lot of the other characters are very much involved. They don't have the motivation that they're given in the uh, first episode. They agree, they're all, they're all told, the Trollocs came here for you, you've got to run away, and they just agree, because they don't want Trollocs to kill them. Hmm. They don't have the extra motivation they have to leave that they do in the show. Yeah. Because, like, Matt's got his daughter, so he wants to keep safe, and Perrin... No, it's his sisters, isn't it? His sisters, sorry, you're right. And Perrin, what, he uh, kills his... Wife. Yeah. Accidentally. None of that happens in the book. Oh, really? Unless it ha- unless all of this happens later on, and I haven't read far, far enough. But in, definitely in the first two books, none of that happens. Interesting. They, and... Um, yeah, because that was really quite... That was, like, shocking when that happened. Yeah. Because he kind of goes slightly berserk mode, and then... He's like, oh, oh god, wait, I was, oh god. Yeah, like, the oh, is not carried off by Tronox. She just goes, if you're taking some of the kids from my village, I'm coming too. Interesting that she. Yeah. So there's a ma- there's a massive different. story difference, and I'm like, oh, this is almost it's almost jarring actually. Yeah, but, I think some of it's probably included, but well, it's like with going back to June, it's like they. Jason Moe's character's bit was extended. It's included for dramatic effect. And oh, 100%. Audience, yeah. 100%. And I, don't, I don't see a huge problem with it. But I'm just like, if you deviate too much from the source material, you might... You, you, you might lose your way. You might lose your way. and You might alienate some of the actual fans. Yeah. I keep... I, I haven't got around to it, but I keep meaning to look up what super fans of uh, The Wheel of Time thought of the show. Hmm. So I want to see how they feel about all these dif- differences and changes. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I get that they needed to condense a the lot. book. Yeah, I get that. But at the same time, they've added bits that didn't need to be added, in my opinion. 
Such as? Such as the extra motivation for the characters. That really? Because I think, uh, judging from what you said, I think that as an, uh, an audience, I think that helps. Uh, you understand me. Come, like I said, come in by. Yes, but you spend helped. 15 minutes on Perry. You spend 15 minutes on Matt. You spend 15 minutes on Egwen. Yeah, because, it, because, because stop- it's establishing the characters for us as the audience in that I first agree. episode. I agree. But it's the first episode. Yeah. You can touch on the characters maybe five minutes each. You've got another ten episodes to build their characters. If you build their characters at, at, like too much in the first episode, they're not going to develop very much by the end. I'd rather see them grow over ten episodes. But I think I think I don't think it was you know, giving them everything. I think it was laying the groundwork. Oh, I'm not saying they're giving them everything. I'm just saying that you could lay the groundwork much more quickly and move on and let them grow. I, I think it gave a good amount because because it was what the first episode is an hour. You've got these. The book didn't feel, didn't feel the need to, and the book is very long, and it was a massive success. That's all I'm saying. No, I'm just. I just think it, the first episode was an hour long. You had these four main characters who they were introducing, plus a couple of important side characters, and the major event that happens at the end of the first episode. I think it struck a good balance with helping you understand these characters. To give you a good example, there's about fifty chapters in the first book. Three of them are covered in the first episode. If the website I read is correct, and this first season covers the first book, parts of the second book, and parts of the third book, but there are only three chapters, not even a tenth of the way into the first book, but after the first episode, it's only going to be about eight episodes, then they've dragged it out. <laughs> I think that's... Uh, I liked the pacing in the first episode. All I'm saying, I have to admit, as I said earlier, no problems... I'm not complaining. What I'm saying is some bits just didn't need to be added, in my opinion. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm saying, don't shoot me. My no, opinion. It was, it was, that's the thing. We can agree to disagree. I, I, I enjoyed it because I think it helped establish a good basis. But like you said, you, your comparison coming from the book. I guess the, the difference is I know these characters really yeah. well. I've read a thousand pages on these characters. It's the first time you've seen them. So actually, uh, yes, please. Actually, maybe... I said yes, please, to whiskey, by the way. <laughs> people, obviously, are not watching me drink. Now that you just helped me realise, actually, you don't know who these people are. No. I know them really well. I've been through them with trials and tribulations that are horrible and weird. But you've not. So, actually, it makes perfect sense. They're about to go through so much shit. Yeah. And you kind of need to know who they were to, be- to, to begin with to see them, how it changes them. So, actually... No, it makes sense now. Because actual fans, long-time fans of the series, I don't mind pointing that myself, I've only read the books this year. Um, <laughs> long-time fans of the series, they've known these characters for years. They love these characters. They grew up with these characters. So I guess it does make sense that because they would get a lot of new viewers, because I don't think reading is as popular as it was in the 80s or whenever these think, books were first I think, released. I think like, if you were to hold the book up to a like a casual reader and they saw the the, length, thick, the thick, thickness of it they'd be like no no thank you and they're like but, wait I've got to read three of those but that's, that's, a, that's, that's, that's a different point to what I'm making the point I'm making is if you're used to the books you're like okay yes I know who this character is let's move on and see the cool events whereas you're winning blinds you're winning cold you're like okay who am I dealing with who are you, who's going on this journey with me and you want to know who it is so actually it does make sense now. I forgive all this extra characterization. <laughs> I've decided to take back my point and accept. <laughs> that you were wrong? <laughs> Don't be silly. Don't be silly. Pigs are not flying. 
<laughs> I was not wrong. I still think some of it was unnecessary. But I get now why it was there and why it's necessary. Yeah. But no, overall, I, I'm i enjoying it so far. I'm only, only three episodes in. But I'm certainly intrigued to see where the story goes. And I'll definitely keep keep watching. We've literally just covered Dune Wheel of Time. Both of them take a long time. Yeah, because that, that's really... I think since the last episode, that's kind of really all you've read, isn't it? Because you've been yeah, they were they're really big chunky books, man. Yeah. As for myself, what have you read? So I read another Ryan Holiday book. Stillness is the key. Um, the key to what? <laughs> happiness. Oh God! <laughs> I said that literally just to see your face go. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, not enough whiskey for this. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not going to delve into too much detail because I've discussed how much I. So never one of your self help books. It's not self help. It's philosophy and. Yeah, I enjoy. It. I You're allowed to enjoy it. <laughs> you say I'm not allowed. <laughs> I'm, no, no, I, I never, I'm not allowed to enjoy happiness. I said you're allowed to enjoy it. I said I, you're allowed to enjoy I, it. I've, I've covered how much I enjoy Ryan Holiday's books before, so I won't delve too much into it. But it, yeah, I I enjoy his books, and I always like how he writes and articulates his points and backs backs up what he's saying with examples and case studies. But no, uh, the main book I read and literally finished this morning was another of the the Ketty J Tales of the Ketty Tales J. Tales of the Ketty J, the Black Lung Captain by Chris Wooding. By Chris Wooding. This is a series about steampunk pirates in an airship. Don't need to say anything else. <laughs> how amazing is that? Stop the episode there. Stop. Yeah. Stop. Uh, how uh, did you enjoy it, Henry? I really enjoyed it. It was very different from what I expected it to be. So, as Tom said, it's... Um, you read the one that came before it, Retribution Falls. Yes. But I'd, I think because it had been a while since I'd read it, I kind of forgot. I remember the steampunk elements and you got the really cool ships and the whole world and everything and all these different wars that had gone on. I kind of forgot the slightly more mystical element to it. And that was the really cool thing about this book is it actually covered a lot more It's expanded that. the world quite expanded a bit. expanded the world. As a good sequel should. And um, included a lot of the mystical element and helped explain it more. But it's was, it was really cool because the premise is they're they're hired by this the the crew of the Ketty J, who are the main characters and the main ship. They're hired by an explorer to go find an artifact in conjunction with another ship as well. And you can all read about in the on the blurb. Yeah, not spoilers. And it literally covers it in the blurb. But it's it's, it's like the fact that well, spoilers in a minute. Yeah, spoiler free, Henry. Spoiler free. I. It was a great sequel. Yep. Like you said, really expanded the world, particularly in the more mystical, magical elements, I'd say. Also, some like the combat scenes, like towards the end of the book, there's like this big dog fight and everything. Which yes. Which is really, really cool. And they also, there's like a dog fight going on the air and there's a ground battle and you kind of, you have the ground battle and then some of the characters who are up in the well, air. You're going to love the, the next book. Yeah. It, I like how it kind of switches between those. Um, yeah, the the characters are all fantastic as well. Um, they've got their good moments of humour and cool action sequences and everything. It's also kind of nice. A few of the a few returning characters from the first book, and I'd say it's a very similar writing style to Jim Butcher. Yeah, I think the ca- the authors are friends actually. It's either Jim Butcher and who's friends with Chris Wooding, or it's Joe Crombie. It might be Joe Crombie actually is friends with Chris Wooding, mm. but don't quote me on that. It's just because I I saw one of the two. <laughs> Um, oh, cool. Cite Chris Wooding as in their uh, as all of them are some of your favourite authors anyway. So. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I just love the style. No, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was it was definitely a great um, sequel. 
Um, really enjoyed it. I'll definitely, definitely borrow the next one from you. I think I said that when I read Retribution <laughs> Fuels. I was like, I'll oh, definitely, definitely borrow it. <laughs> but yeah, going to... Spoilers now. Spoiler territory. What I really liked, and this kind of caught me off guard, was that the blurb, it kind of literally covers only the first quarter of the book, is that they get hired by this explorer to go find this artifact. But they don't focus on that. And they don't focus on that. It's literally covered within the first like 80 to 100 pages. They find it, they get it, and then further events escalate. I found that sometimes in fiction. You're like, okay, I'm expecting this to happen. It does happen. So the promises I've spoken about in previous episodes are fulfilled. Mm. But then you're like, but I'm only further away through the book. Oh God, what's going to happen? And then, and then new promises are made and they're fulfilled. And then more promises are made and they're fulfilled. And I really like that. How just A, consistent and B, like, oh my God, it feels like so much has happened. It feels like everyone's been through so much. Yeah. And it's like this, they find the artifact, the artifact gets stolen. They're trying to um, track it down. They get into a huge battle and then the, Tables flipped, and then they're on a, a new, completely new hunt, trying to find out information and track someone down. And there's a huge, big battle at the end, and everything. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's just so much happens. And do you ever get when you finish when you finish a book? Do you ever feel like drained? Like I've been through so much. <laughs> well, it's like I finished it this morning. It's just like sitting on my bed reading it because I knew we were doing the podcast this evening. I was seeing it. I was like, I want to return the book to Don, but I still have like. 70, 80 pages left and I was like no I'm just going to power through it it was just like by the end I was like oh god what's happened yeah it's just like so much happened in just 80 pages alone but I was like ah, that was a good ending to that book and it was yep. really good <laughs> yeah I really I really enjoyed it particularly just loved how it some of the characters like the trials and tribulations of certain characters and just the way, way they deal with certain situations and there's like certain parts like and there's like grief acceptance forgiveness just like certain things that the characters go through that although it's in this fantasy world it's very human and it's the way christopher wooding sort of writes it you as the reader kind of feel it quite personally it's like yeah that's a very human experience that i've just read there with these fictional characters and it's really well done and yeah in the action as well like I said, there's there's a ground battle going on at one point with a dogfight going up above as well. And he just, he, he does that really well. I really enjoyed that. And yeah, there's, there's one particular part that when we were talking earlier, you really picked out the humour. So, yeah. <laughs> minor spoilers, there's a, char- there's a character who gets like ripped to shreds. And there's another character who's a, who, doc- he's a doctor. Who's a doctor. And, it, <laughs> and he just looks at this guy who's been torn apart and, just, and says, in my professional opinion, that man is dead. It's like nothing left of this guy. <laughs> and I, I read that line. <laughs> I just had to take it my It's like, he read it. That is some good writing. Right There's there. jokes like that throughout, but that's probably the best one. Yeah. It's just like, uh, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> my professional opinion, he did. <laughs> that man is dead. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely enjoyed it. I've, yeah. I've, <laughs> I've got so many books piling up at home but I'm definitely going to be reading uh, is it The Iron Jackal? That's the, the, Iron Jackal's the Iron Jackal is the next one I'd say Iron Jackal was better really? Black Lung Captain yeah because I, I, I thought a while ago you said um, Black Lung Captain was your favourite I think you I'm might just... be getting confused with a different book for well, a different series because yeah. I definitely so many, so many series that you read I'm proud to say that the Tales of the Kitty J I think they do get better as the series progresses 
Although I might say Iron Jackal and Ace of Skulls are probably on par with each other. Yeah, Ace of Skulls was your favourite. Which is the final one. I like that it's I, not... No, I, I, think that, I think that's fair. I think Ace of Skulls might be better. I like that it's not an overly lengthy series as well. It's so only four books. Four Unless he's written more since I last checked. It's been years since I read them. You have to, yeah, you have to check him. That's I will nice. check. I'll be so happy if he writes more though. Maybe, or maybe he's like done prequels or sequels. That could, that'd be cool. Like a, a prequel series to the... To he's done some short stories in, in the series. Oh, you have to check it out and report back to us on the podcast. But um, we all do. Yeah, that's yeah. That's the last kind of book I've read. I mean, we're approaching the end of the year, so I think I'm gonna gonna try and read Red Country, which is the final spin-off from Joe Abercrombie. So that next year I can start the um, Age, Age of Madness um, sequel trilogy. Yeah, sequel trilogy. I need to read the, the third actually. Yeah. So I'm trilogy. gonna read that next, and then of course the next episode we'll be doing our rundown. We'll do be doing our regular tradition of our rundown of. Um, Wouldn't be regular. It's been <laughs> the second time we've done this. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a keeping tradition. No, it'll be the third time because the very first episode we did. Was oh, our, it was the rundown of our previous year. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's fair. That's fair. So yeah, so we'll be doing our rundown of uh, our favourite books. Well, it's been seen, quite a few good films come out. Uh, James Bond. I saw that. I saw that. As I well. really enjoyed it. I know it's like some people weren't so sure. I actually. It does it. lots of things a Bond movie has never done before. Mm. So I've it heard won't. people say it's a very good action movie, yes. but not a Bond movie, mm. because it breaks the mold for Bond. If that makes sense. I, I, I granted, I, I felt like I should have possibly gone and rewatched Spectre. Some of the pre- yeah, possibly Skyfall. I, I, I don't think you need to. I don't think mm. that's important. I think my only complaint was there wasn't enough Anna Diarmas. <laughs> Sorry, uh, <laughs> no one, no one can argue with that. I don't think. No, uh, mate, her her character in the film, I loved how like bubbly and everything, yeah. and, and then how just badass and kick ass, <laughs> like literally kick ass. Yep. Um, yeah, and the Thomas is absolutely stunning. <laughs> but her, um, the, the, the funny thing is, like her character proved like she was only in it for like fifteen twenty minutes, but her character proved so popular. That people are calling for like her own spin-off <laughs> TV show or something. I watched that. I watched yeah. that. But no, yeah. The, uh, the, the my only gripe was the villain. His original motive. Oh, spoiler alert! Maybe I didn't notice a motive for the villain. I thought he was just okay. doing bad things. Do you like bad things? No. Okay. All right. We'll go go and spoil this. Okay. So his motive was to take out Spectre because Spectre killed his family and that bit I understood yeah I got that that was a really good motive yeah I and then that. and then it shifted to doing bad things for bad things yeah because I want world domination and that's where it, I yeah, kind of I, yeah. lost, I lost him as a villain I was like why why yeah it was, it was literally I'm gonna do this so I can control the world evil <laughs> yeah. I'm an evil person so that's the thing I think they could have the first half of his motive was really compelling it was really cool to see that twist it was when it shifted to I'm just going to be the bad guy because I'm the bad guy and I want world domination that's where it kind of lost me with the villain not to not nothing against Rami Malek's performance I think he's an amazing actor he's an amazing actor and he did well I think it just it was just it's so overplayed lazy writing it was weak yeah the ending that was that was well done, and it's just it just leaves it so open for how they're going to do it in the future. Well, they're not going to have Daniel Craig back, I don't think. No, but it's like, how are they? Okay, who in your opinion will make a good James Bond? If you were in charge of casting the next James Bond, 
I don't know because I know so many people said oh it should be like Henry Cavill but he's like he'd said, be quite good but he said I want to play a Bond villain and I, was like, <laughs> I, was like, yeah, I respect I, that I, I respect that. that yeah I respect um, that yeah um, The Rock Dwayne The Rock no, Johnson he wants no, to be Bond I'm sorry no <laughs> James Bond not. is not this mad mountain hulking Ma- Maori muscly no, man he has hair oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, okay. Yes. Can you just imagine Dwayne in a toupee or something? <laughs> no, no, no. no, thank you. Honestly, I don't know. I, re- I really don't know. I know there's been like talks of Tom Hardy. Is it Taron Egerton? I can't remember his name. Taron Egerton? What, the guy from Kingsman? Yeah, there's been rumours it could uh, be him. Okay. Like, possibly that. Tom, I think Tom Hardy could. Tom Hardy would be okay. Yeah, I, I I don't mind. I'm not. I, I'm. I like Bond, but I'm not a like massive super fan, so I'm not going to get super hung up on whoever it is. But yeah, no, I enjoyed Bond. Um, you finally saw Shang Chi. I did finally see Shang Chi. It's waiting for it to come out on Disney Plus. Uh, did you wait that long? I yeah. went. I went. Sorry, it's in cinema. It was. Yeah, well, when I'm working at cinema, it's a bit hard to go in and watch the film. No, it's because you don't want to go in when you're not working. Well, yeah, I kind of. If, I, if it's my day off, it's my day off. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love Sanchi. It was really refreshing change to yes. some of the other MCU yes. movies. I thought, I just, I just, I, I, lo- I loved how it felt. Like a Kung Fu movie. Yes, but it felt so separate. Like it could have been its own thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, Apart 100%. from like a few references here and there to the rest of the MCU, it could have literally been its own story, its own just standalone. Well, it was a standalone in a sense, but yeah. it could have been like, it couldn't have even been connected to Marvel. It would have been a great film. Like you said, the fight well, scenes, I, I the thought cinema, some of the, the references cinema, were quite good. Like the fight choreography was great. Yes, it really um, was. Particularly like the, the, the Kung Fu fight scene on the bus and the arena fight and everything. Thank you. It was great. And I loved how it kind of established who you thought the villain was going to be. And then it completely threw a curveball with like all the mystic elements and everything I did not see that coming I didn't I don't know a lot about the character but it was so cool Trevor <laughs> yes that he was the major he, so he, he was, was a curveball he was the ma- he was the major reference to previous MCU but he was freaking hilarious so he he's, the, he's the character who played the um, I was about to say the Mandalorian then. <laughs> oh, that's a very different. Yeah. Very uh, he was the character who played the Mandarin in Iron Man Three. Um, I, can't, I can't remember the actor's name. He's very famous, but I can't. I can't remember his name. Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley. I thought it was, but I didn't want to say it because I was wrong. Um, but his character makes a return, and he is a bit insane, but absolutely hilarious and kind of delightful at the same time. <laughs> But he's kind of really the oh, the main reference back to previous films. They do drop a few hints here and there to previous MCU films. But in a way, it does the story itself and everything just kind of feels like it could be its own its own thing. The fight choreography the was really cool, and it was also like again like some of the costume design was really sick as well. Like, yes, I, do, I, I really like Shang Chi's. Um, Outfit at the end. I liked Death Dealer. Seriously underutilised. Yes, they, I agree. I, they set, him, set it up as like a really cool badass ninja character. And you felt and like he, he was You barely... really felt Sanchi hate Sanchi's hatred for him. And then like, Sanchi was... loves everyone. Like, he couldn't even bring himself to hurt it, like, actually kill his own father after everything his own father does. But he was prepared to kill Death Dealer because of how cruelly Death Dealer had treated him. 
this they kind of set up this cool badass ninja character and then they're barely in it and they're killed off by the end they, sort of like, in the background as well yeah. aren't they and it's kind of like a joke oh, 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 yeah, oh they're gone and it's um, yeah that that was one of my few gripes with it is that oh I was kind of hoping them to set up a cool villain and oh no they're gone and I didn't really feel like they utilised them to their full, full potential it was quite disappointing yeah but overall I it's probably up there with some of my favourite Marvel films yeah what did you think I wouldn't say it's in my top um, it might make my top five Marvel films I'm not sure mm. but I, I thought it was a very refreshing new twist on Marvel you, you've complained to me before how you were getting bored of superheroes yeah so I quite liked oh we've got action hero superheroes kung fu superheroes I'm like okay that's, that's enough different enough for me to enjoy it wasn't very superhero-y, actually. Sang-Chi is this ordinary guy. He's just an ordinary person who just happens to know amazing martial arts. That's it. He's just not got any ridiculous powers or anything. Until, like, later on in the film. Well, when he, he's still not got any powers. He just takes an artifact, with a, a weapon, which is very powerful. Yeah. It's different. <laughs> and he's not, like, you know, fighting injustice. He's not Superman or Spider-Man or... He's just a just a guy, a regular guy. Mm. He goes to karaoke, and gets drunk. Oh, the karaoke scene! The end credit scene. Where, hey, well, what do you want to do now? And then they're drunk. <laughs> <at> the karaoke. <laughs> Longest choice of them. <laughs> he goes, uh, "You guys should go home." Yes, we should. Or oh. they're always making <laughs> they're drunk at karaoke. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Wong. Wong is used so well in that film. That's the thing. He keeps on making appearances in different films because everyone loves him so much. Now. <laughs> he just turns up, walks up, drinks everyone's drinks, and goes, "Right, you two come with me." No. He's just fighting in an illegal fight club while breaking someone out of prison just for lols. Yeah, talking of um, oh, you haven't seen you haven't seen Eternals, have you? I've not seen. You've seen the okay. Eternals, yeah. It's gonna be it'll be interesting to see what you make of Eternals because for me. I quite I know it got very mixed um, critic and audience scores, but I quite liked it because for me, like Shang Chi, it was it didn't overly reference the M- rest of the MCU and it felt quite different. Well, this is true. I have heard others criticise it for being not very original. I've heard people say the writing is a bit lazy. I've heard lots of criticisms about it. So I was like, I think I'll wait for this one to come out on Disney Plus. That's the thing. I I quite enjoyed it because it I think it really expanded the universe, like the the actual universe of the MCU. Well, maybe some people had an idea in their head of what the universe was like, and this film disproved that. And yeah, that's why they didn't like thing, it. it. I'm not I'm not going to spoil anything which I haven't seen, but it does some plot twists. But I think they were really good plot twists. Okay, okay. I really enjoyed them because I did not see them coming at all. And I think, it, uh, yeah, it, like you said, it played on certain people's expectations. It's probably not going the route they thought it was going to and hoping uh, for. Oh, I can see people being uh, upset by that. Yeah. That might be why they didn't like the film. But I, yeah, I personally enjoyed it. And yeah, particularly like the end credit, some of the end credit scenes as well. Yeah, like with Shang-Chi. The Eternal end credit scenes, they both have big implications for the future of the MCU. So, I, I personally enjoyed it. I know it was Which did you enjoy more? Eternals or Shang-Chi? Shang-Chi. Agreed. Well, you haven't even seen Eternals yet. So you... I think I'm going to have enjoyed yeah. Shang-Chi more. Um, I enjoyed both Shang-Chi. I think I preferred more. But just intrigued to... Uh, no, now we're just waiting for Spider-Man. We're only a couple of weeks away now. That's that true. That is going to be very interesting. 
I really hope Tommy Maguire's in it. He was the best <laughs> Spider-Man, in my opinion. I've only ever seen the first, the first original Spider-Man. The other two are now on. You, you're not seen Spider-Man two? No. no, I've seen. Go bits watch of, it on Netflix. I've it's seen, on Netflix. Go I've home. Seen, Go seen, home now. I've seen bits and pieces, but I think I can't remember. I was quite. I was fairly young when it came out. You, I think you need to watch it because the the, the main bad guy, Doc Ock, is in the next Spider-Man film. So it would really help if you watched it. So you. So you watch that trailer, and it's got the big reveal. Oh, Doc Ock's here, and you're like, "Cool, who's this guy?" No, I, I know, I know him because, like I said, I've seen bits and pieces of of the film. What Spider-Man. I'm saying is, it would have less of an impact for you because you've not seen Spider-Man Two. No, it's still impactful because I'm like, "Wait, I recognise that guy. He is from the previous Spider-Man films, which I've seen bits and pieces." From. Oh God! <laughs> All right, I'll go watch them. Oh, what? Um, was, uh, Spider-Man Three, uh, Spider-Man Two. Da- you talk about dancing. <laughs> Um, his whole venom phase, yeah. <laughs> venom phase? You mean emo phase? <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, we covered what we've been watching, what we've been reading. Anything else you want to cover? I've not done much else. <laughs> Apart from recovering oh, from you. Do you want to talk about the new Pokemon game? I mean, we're both fairly... Very new in it, aren't we? We've not got... I'm far, far, far from you. I've literally done the first gym. I'm just about to do the first gym. Yeah. I mean, I'm liking the nostalgia elements. They've kept it very close to the original game, I think. Mm. And I really like that. Like, all I wanted I think was they, the original game with updated graphics. They've expanded. And the graphics were not updated the way I expected them to be, I admit, but... I actually I actually prefer them to Sword the original. Shield. Oh, Sword of Shield. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fine. I, I thought you said the original. I was like, oh, I don't so know about you've that. you've got the kind of cool, like, as you said, chibi version where it's kind of like the, almost chibi. like the top-down... Um, but what I like is when you go into the battles and it expands into the 3D version but it's like they've taken the old 2D players but they've turned them 3D and I think they look so much better than they have on Sword and Shield and I hope that they keep that kind of style yeah. for the future we'll have to see with Legend of Arceus in is that next month? No. oh yeah because we're in December now and it's January yeah. there's literally the end of January isn't it? yeah so it's a month and a half away yeah Got a lot of Pokemon to play. <laughs> that and so many other games. And a lot of stuff to watch. Yeah. Bye bye life. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. For, like you said, it feels very nostalgic. I, I'm enjoying some of the, uh, like I said, there are certain elements I think are actually better than some of the newer ones. I'm really looking forward to getting back to the underground. underground yeah. Because they, they've changed that slightly, but it almost looks like for the better. Although my one disappointment is that they seem to have taken away the capture the flag element. Well, this is true. You now have actual good reasons to go down to the underground. Unless you wanted a spe- to grind for a specific item. Mm. Unless you unless you wanted to grind yes please unless you wanted to grind for a specific item or you had someone's flag to steal you didn't actually have a reason to go to the underground uh, fossils evolution well, yeah stones. yeah grind for specific items okay unless you wanted to do that you had no reason to go to the underground you could play the whole game and just never go to the underground and it wouldn't it's make a difference so much fun with the originals it was and hopefully a lot of the elements like the way you get the items by mining for, for them hopefully they stay in the game. But the new elements that you can adjust your base to make certain Pokemon appear in like these grotto things in the underground. I think that's really cool. No, I agree. So now there's actually a really good reason for everyone to go to yeah, the underground there's all there's the time. Certain one, there's certain ones you can only get in those areas. Exactly. So you have to do the underground to, to get these Pokemon. Yeah. So I, I, I like that. Like it's now, it's, it got, it's gone from a fun but side feature to an essential feature of the game. So I, I, I really like what they've done with that. Yeah. 
that, like you, I'm very early on, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes. It'd be nice to like refresh the story again because I haven't played it since what 2008, 2009 when it came out. So I've, I've played them a few times over the years. I replayed Platinum in September just yeah. to remember, just to remind myself of everything. That's the thing. I didn't want to do that because I otherwise I would have felt too burned out on the story. So like, oh, I've literally just redone this. And I, well, I wanted to make sure if they changed the feed that I'd spotted. Yeah, I wasn't that dedicated. So I'm happy to go back in. <laughs> but yeah, we'll uh, we'll start to wrap up there. I I mean, slightly delayed. <laughs> but this was meant to be our November episode, but it's been pushed to December. Yeah, bloody. I think we, we'll probably. What did you say? I said bloody Henry. Delay in episodes. <laughs> You're the one who was too hungover to I do I don't know what you're talking about, Henry. Um, <laughs> the next episode, so episode 22, will be our end of year wrap up as we usually do, which is covering our top books and stuff from the year. Top um, films? Top games? Quite possibly. Although I haven't played many games yeah. from this year. I can't think of any that came out this year, <laughs> apart from Brilliant Diamond and Sign Pearl. And the Ghost of Tsushima DLC, which you haven't played, but I have. <laughs> well, I wouldn't count that as a new game, it's a DLC. Yeah. But, um, if we count DLC, we'll have the Animal Crossing DLC in here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so our next episode will be our end of year wrap up with our favourite books and our favourite whiskies. Oh yes, that's and true. And we'll be uh, giving Tom a little test on some whiskey trivia. Oh oh, uh, oh yes, testing his knowledge. Well, we did it last year, and that was this quite is fun. true. But so I've been making notes. <laughs> yes, this is your end of year test to see how well you listen to me. I would like to hire an assistant to go through our previous <laughs> episodes and tell me what I should be doing. It feels again like a long time since we did this, although it was only. I think the last episode we released was October. Uh, yeah, it's been about a month or so. Half, yeah. yeah. But no, I really enjoyed this. We had Me some too. fantastic whiskies, if I do not say so myself. You do say so yourself. I do say so myself. <laughs> um, but I, I think they were amazing as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the Glentura was stronger. I think the Glentura was certainly your favourite. Um, I will be enjoying both of these. <laughs> equally <laughs> equally so you think that the vote was perfect then the vote if, was if very... they were equally as good in your mind then that vote was the perfect response yeah. I'm, I'm glad we got to try them side Both. by side the old and the new although quite poetic yes yeah I am going to enjoy my the remainder of my glass here but thank you very much for joining us we'll see you on our end of year wrap up and uh, I'm quite looking forward to seeing what your favourite books and your favourite whiskies are from this year. You too, Henry. Everyone, give us a shout out on Instagram. Do we have a Twitter? We can just be- only in Instagram at the moment, so go I check don't know us out. Uses Twitter. If you use Twitter, we'll be on there eventually, I'm sure. But give us a shout out on Instagram. Go check words out over whiskey at Instagram. We've got some cool pictures up there talking about some. I loved your pictures that you put on recently, actually, Thank about you. the London bar. Yes, Milroy's. Do yeah. they let you take a picture of their bar? Uh, or do you just do it anyway? I just do it anyway. Oh, okay. Fine, <laughs> I think so many. It's it's one of the few but really cool whiskey bars. That is in cool. London, so I think. It, it, I, I doubt they really will complain pictures. about the public. The first story. picture I thought, oh, he's just taking a photo of his whiskey glass on his windowsill. And next, next slide, oh, no, that's a professional quality photo. That's pretty cool. <laughs> you should have put it the other way around. No, that was cool. We got, um, yeah, I'll, I'm going to keep plugging away at the Instagram. I'll be putting up a post about the Neon and Glen Turret as well. So, yeah, go check us out at Words Over Whiskey on Instagram. And, of course, follow us on Spotify and iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Uh, for more episodes like this about fun book and whiskey related ramblings thank you very much for joining us in this episode guys hope you're well keep safe see you next time cheers Tom cheers